movie lovers, and welcome to the show. This is your host, as always, from Movie Lovers Unite, John DeGorio, and I just want to sit, talk about something real quick, and that is Audible. What is Audible? I'm so glad that you guys asked. Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks, ranging from bestsellers like Anne Rice, Stephen King, the list just goes on. Their whole entire catalog, when it comes down to audiobooks, is just fantastic. If you're on on the road and everything and you want an audiobook and you want to download it fast, go ahead, go to Audible. You're not going to regret it. They actually have a trial right now that you guys can actually jump on. You can actually go on ahead, go to the link, and it'll bring you up to that trial. And a matter of fact, every month, members actually get one credit to pick any title, plus two Audible originals from a monthly selection and access to Daily News Digest from the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and the Washington Post, as well as guided meditation programs. Another thing, too, guys, that's not all they have. They also have... They also have finish. If you actually want to go ahead and do some things to actually better yourself for 2021, they have stuff for that too, like finishing more books or becoming a better parent, leader, or a person. How to books, which is something that everybody seems to grab onto a lot lately, and everything else. So, if you guys are actually looking for something to maybe better yourself for 2021, go on ahead, check out those books as well. They have a big catalog. You guys won't regret it. Go ahead, click on the link below in the description notes. Go on ahead. You guys won't regret it. Sign up for that trial period. And always, until next time, stay safe, guys, and enjoy the show. And God bless. lovers and we are live so we're actually doing our dexter morgan after show this is actually called the dark passenger at dexter morgan after show what we're going to be doing is as everyone knows the new season of dexter is going to probably start around 2021 and we're actually going to be reviewing every single season of dexter all the way up until that season premiere so we don't know exactly when that premiere is actually going to happen but the way that it's going to go down is this. We're going to review one through three first. And then once we actually know when the new season is actually going to come out, we'll come back and we'll review the rest of the uh, seasons. But I hope that you guys enjoy this uh, De- Dexter After Show. I hope that you guys stick around. If you guys love Dexter, comment in the comment section and everything too. We'll go on ahead, take your live chat questions. We'll geek out with you over Dexter. So without further ado, let's go on ahead and get on with this. So I really love this first season. I'm glad that the first season is actually named Dexter rather than just calling it the pilot. Because I feel like the pilot is just something that's been overplayed for a certain period of time whenever you look at TV shows. So when we first get introduced to Dexter, we actually hear the whole entire monologue. Tonight's the night. It's going to happen. And I love the red that actually symbolizes blood. And it actually symbolizes that there's something dark and ominous about it. He's in his car. We're not sure where they're going with this or anything like that. And then you see these uh, choir uh, people actually singing. And then you realize that it's actually a priest that molested these kids. And then therefore Dexter's going to go and go havoc on the priest for raping these, the pre, uh, 
for raping the choir kids and stuff like that and seeking justice in his way that he does. So when you saw the season premiere of season one, what did you think of the opening scenes that I just mentioned? I think it pretty much sim- like it kind of gets you your mind ready. Like, all right, like you're you're asking questions. Who's this guy? What's he talking about? Is he good? Is he bad? I mean, with the color scheme, I just thought of that just now. Remind me of Taxi Driver in the opening scene. You don't know whether he's good, whether he's bad. The imagery, um, just the voice in his head, and then, and then, and then once you see the choir boy, and like then you're like, oh, okay, he kills people. But not the people you'd expect. Right. It's, and pretty much he's like a vigilante, if you actually think about it. He actually puts away the bad guys and gets off of, of different crimes and stuff like that, too, which is something that I really liked about that aspect as well. Because we never saw like a serial killer go after other bad guys. We always see him hurting like innocent people. So for them to actually pull from that and do that, I really have to commend Showtime wanting to actually get the rights from the novel to do mm-hmm. this show. And it's actually layer by layer. As a matter of fact, I read the first book and it's play by play of everything in the first season. But I also like the interactions between Deb and Dexter, the chemistry between brother and sister. You can actually tell that they're brother and sister, the way they play fight with each other. Deb is also fed up with being working for Miami Vice. She wants to be promoted to where she can actually be a detective. And of course, she knows Dexter has that quirk where he can actually um, identify serial killers in the way that they actually uh, kill and everything and what kind of serial killer that he can that they should be looking for. And even though he's a blood splatter mm-hmm. analyst in Miami. And everything which I really like is the fact that he works for forensics and he's able yeah. to do that. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool too. And it's just uh, you 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 immediately know who Deb is. She's dropping f bombs every five seconds or so. So it's like it's like she's the female version of Sam Jackson, except with the, instead of saying mother effer, she just drops the f bomb like it's like like it's like eating uh, mints. <laughs> exactly. I can't tell you how many times I counted the F-bomb just from Deb alone. Don't get me wrong. You get, um, let's see here. We actually talked about what's the one, Dokes. Dokes drops the MF-bomb all the time. But uh, yeah. Deb has him beat by a mile long. Um, I also like the fact that we actually get introduced into the season with all the other detectives, with Angel, then the other yes. forensics guy. Uh, hold on one second. Hey, I want to start watching season seven. Talking about, hey, okay, she uh, Brandy just started watching season seven. That's awesome, babe. I didn't even know that you were even binging it. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but no, I have to say, I really enjoyed that, that we actually get to be introduced to all these characters at the very beginning where they're surrounded mm-hmm. by this these body parts and yeah. there's no blood splatter. There's no reason for Dexter no. to be there. But he's analyzing this body, and he's just memorized by this body that it has been drained yeah. of its blood. I'm wondering how the serial killer actually done it, and he mm-hmm. he has to try and BS them to where to the point where he can actually do his own investigating on his own and take down this guy because he wants this guy for himself. Yeah, he, he, he doesn't it, want it's his, it, it's his target, right? And here's the thing. 
when you first see this, it kind of reminds me of a USA original show that they used to have back in the 90s, like silk stockings and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then also, too, even the flashbacks seems like has like a little 90s vibe to it where there's this yeah. glare to actually let you know that's actually a flashback, which mm-hmm. is something that I really like. But what's the uh, bald headed guy's name that is always making like perverted jokes? Oh, Masuka. Masuka. Yeah. He's actually one of my yeah. favorite. He's actually one of my favorite characters out of the show, aside from Dex. He was, uh, he appeared in the show Chuck for a couple seasons. He was uh, one of the, I think he was the, the head of the Buy More or the, uh, the, the group of uh, Chuck and, um, Ch- and Jeff, Jeffster and his, be- and his best friend Morgan. Okay. And you see, I really like his character. Angel's really good. He has something, it seems like when we were first introduced to Angel, he has something to hide. There's just something there to me where before we even get into why he's actually kind of distant and everything with some of the other cops, but he finds his his whole entire relationship with Dexter, which I find really interesting, where he's like, Dex, what what do you think of this? Is this good enough for my anniversary? Is she going to love it? (laughs) <laughs> yeah and which and which everybody thought he was really he was he was still married but when you find out they're they are not married anymore that just it's like another like whoa right because i was not expecting that and then dex even feels awkward as as hell as uh as for that reason too just well all right i'm just gonna go in and bring him home then bring him back to yeah. his other house then <laughs> Yeah. But another thing, though, too, with the but I'm gonna go back over to uh, episode one, is this. I liked how, you know, everybody sees Dexter as something, someone that's actually innocent. No one gives him, nobody else um, has the creeps from him except for Dokes. And I really like that aspect that Dokes yeah. doesn't have. Um, is the only one that can actually figure it out. Yeah. With that creepiness. Mm-hmm. And also, too, you also have the girl who plays Buffy the Vampire Slayer in this film, uh, this uh, TV show, though, too, who plays Dexter's love interest. Yes, Rita. And yeah, Rita. And I like the fact that, you know, he's not he he just feels like he has to be normal. So in order for him to be normal, he has to be in a relationship. So, yeah. And she's so mentally damaged from her other relationships. He's like, hey, this is actually perfect. I'm damaged. You're damaged. This is perfect for my dark passenger yeah. and everything. There's no emotional connection with us. I can actually go on ahead and be with Rita. And there's nothing else that's going to change that. But, of course, we also find out as you progress in relationships, things change in relationships. And, therefore, you yeah. find yourself being attached to that person. Yeah. And then, or your ex-husband ends up coming, shows back up, trying to get back in your life, that ruins it. It, Yeah, and that's also something that was actually pretty funny to me, is like, oh, I'm a recovering junkie and everything, and and stuff like that, I'm going to be so much better, and we're like, yeah, we heard this before, several times, over and over again, it never pans out, it never works out. But I'm glad that Rita actually recognizes the fact that she doesn't need to be with him. She needs to be with Dexter instead. Mm-hmm. And I like how Dexter actually puts it. He goes, it's not awkward that her boyfriend's also a serial killer either. So he's not, he even recognizes the fact that, hey, I'm a serial killer. I'm not as good as you make it make me out to be. 
kind of thing. No, but I I also like Dexter's like inner thoughts. I mean, it just kind of adds like humor to some of the situations. I'm like, duh, <laughs> or like, or just his inner thoughts is like makes the show it like or make makes that season like or the show in general is just awesome because you get to hear his inner thoughts. It's like breaking the fourth That's wall cool. essentially. Exactly, it's breaking his the fourth wall in his head. And also, too, my favorite thing, though, too, is, like, for Halloween, he goes, everybody gets to be somebody that they're not on Halloween. It's the one day mm-hmm. that everybody gets to be something else. And he says, I'm like that all the time. And so, therefore, Halloween is just, like, another day to him. He doesn't understand mm-hmm. why people want to be something else. And and that's also, too, he's just self-examining himself, which I thought was actually pretty yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. And... You know, I like how he actually shows Rita the witch uh, costume. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, what about a witch? He goes, no, I don't think I'm going to be a witch this year. Uh, I think I'm going to be Snow White like I normally am. <laughs> yeah. And the little boy goes, I'm going to be a Lara Croft. <laughs> yeah. And then she, go, then she becomes Laura Croft. <laughs> yeah. And he doesn't even have a clue who Laura Croft is. No. And that's what makes it even more comical. He's like, I don't know what to do with you. He feels so awkward. Yeah. And everything too. Which is also something that, you know, that actor actually did that was really great. He's like, I don't know what to do with you. I'm Laura Croft. Mm-hmm. I'm a tumor. You're gonna look in tombs looking like that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. I kind of want to watch it from further back and catch up. Watching it from going back to it, you're going to end up seeing a lot of stuff that you might have missed later on. Mm-hmm. And it, it actually amplifies the show even more, which is why I'm glad that we're actually going back and watching season, going through each season and watching it. Yeah. Because there's stuff that I didn't catch the first go round or whatever, like the mannerisms with uh, the ice truck killer and stuff like that, that I didn't catch the first go round. But no. but what else I like though too is the police station's camera angles is mm-hmm. you get to see the whole layout of the police station and then why yeah. Dexter what the uh, Angel and them are over here at one point and everything working mm-hmm. on something else it cuts away and moves over to Asuka and then from Asuka it goes over to Dexter so everybody's doing their own investigating in their own little circle, which I thought that was actually pretty cool on how they actually broke that down like a real police station. Yeah. I also like just picked up on the the opening and the opening uh, montage of him getting ready for work and just leaving the building. All the stuff that he's doing about like the, the emphasis on the him like tightening his shoes, that's mm-hmm. him choking people out. Or uh, putting the shirt on, him kind of like suffocating somebody or when they when like the imagery of him cutting the uh either not, not the steak or the some sometimes the steak the blood splatter from that or in the orange the the remnants of the orange i mean it's just i mean it just definitely describes who he is exactly and that's actually pretty cool As a matter of fact you remember whenever he has the kid later on mm-hmm. in the season that theme song and everything changes to where he's like yeah. unfocused. I like how yeah. the bootstraps break. I like how they actually use that to show that Dexter's changing. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, let's see here. Dexter reminds me of Tony from NCIS. <laughs> I can actually see that <laughs> in a sense. I can definitely see that. Let's see. What else worked for you? That's what I want to know. Um, I just thought like the tone of it. Like I think how we like how each like I think after each episode, you know, you're getting closer to a reveal and stuff. And then it's after finding the uh, after you found the the Tony Lucci guy or whatever the one that uh Luke Huerta like called the the like like called him out after he mm-hmm. found him he ends up in the hospital and the guy that's working on him keeps staring at him awkwardly and he works with amputees and how right. it just progresses from there this how everything just picks up and this goes into it to its final climax definitely and you know the whole Tony uh Tony thing that I really liked about it was this. You can definitely tell in that hospital bed that he's tensed. He's very tense. He's not relaxed or anything mm-hmm. like that. And he's not at ease like a normal patient would after being rescued. There's still some tension yeah. there. And, you know, even Dokes recognized the fact that he's tensed. And he thought that it was because Deborah recommended blindfolding him mm-hmm. to actually help him remember stuff. And yeah. it might have actually been a lot to do with the amplitude, though. Yeah. Is why he's actually tensed up and why he reacted the way that he did with uh, Deborah. And of course, yeah. I just want to say Deborah does get promoted. She winds up becoming a detective after uh, the Dexter had that run in, fall on the ice truck and everything. And yeah. then she followed a lead. After she followed that Dexter's lead, she winds up getting promoted. Yeah. And I like the fact that it took time to build on her getting that. I'm I'm glad they didn't like okay second episode she gets promoted, <laughs> you no, know. They 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 added on to it, and I like that. I, it shows the levels of police work and how long it actually takes to build the case, and also to to be able to actually climb that ladder of uh, being a detective. So I like that. Uh, let's I also see like to see the tr- oh, okay. Uh, love a show with major cliffhangers. I do too, baby. I I love um, a show with major cliffhangers as well. All right. Go as ahead. long as there's a resolution in the end, not ended on end the show on a cliffhanger and don't come back to it. Right. Uh, another thing though too is we actually get to see a lot more of the adoption side of things of Harry yeah. adopting Dexter, and of mm-hmm. course. Right. And I'm gonna let you talk a little bit more about that. Okay. Um, I thought that that was interesting, even though personally I don't like Look Werda. I find her to be annoying, like self-absorbed, somebody that's just that that will do anything to cheat her way back into power, throwing anybody after the bus. Like I don't I didn't understand her hatred for Deb. Deb's just trying to do her job and try to be promoted like her father, not just get handed to it by the captain. But towards the end, you kind of feel bad for Luke Warda because it's just the politics is like, they're using politics mainly just to that, like just to push her aside, even though when she's actually known what she does, what she's doing is correct, but nobody chooses to listen to her. So she kind of turns into a deb a little bit at the end. She does. She winds up turning from being a hero in a sense when she's not really a hero, but she winds up turning into a zero. 
But another yeah. thing, though, too, that we actually have to look at, too, she was very much like a kiss ass when it comes down to being on the press. That's all she cared about. Yeah. She just wanted to go ahead and be on the press, answer questions from the press, and that's it. And that's what got her in trouble because she jumped the gun at the fact that she said Lucci is dead when yeah. he wasn't dead. There's no factual information on that. And also turn him into a suspect when there's no information yeah. to go on, on that as well. So yeah. you have, that's three strikes right there that she was already on. Yeah. And also too, you know, I like the fact that they went through the video footage and they actually recognize that Lucci's actually looking to the left and you can definitely tell that someone's actually there watching him put yeah. the body parts in there. Mm -hmm. And then also too, they are, he's also cutting off pieces of Lucci, the, uh, the ice truck killer is, and yeah. basically putting him in every location that Dexter grew up in, old sections mm -hmm. of the neighborhood. And he's playing a game with Dexter because he knows that he's hot yeah. on his trail, especially after uh, being in a nice truck and yeah. realizing that, you know, that he was following him. I, I just want the whole, like, the knowledge of Rudy, of what, how he knew everything that happened, like, how he knew, like, A, well, A, because he, like, he knew about Dexter how he knew to get into his apartment, to find in the locations and stuff, to being able to plant um, plant Tony in in the area because thinking Dexter won't kill him, leading to to, like, leading to him to try to get Deb and how everybody that um, all that kinds of stuff about how plant, I think he, pretty much he was just the plant he was just the uh, decoy was the uh, was Tony. And how Deb got attracted to Tony, and then that got Rudy like, "Oh, I need to beat you for her." And how that, how he was just the, the catalyst between Deb and Dexter the whole time. That to, to let Rudy get involved, I thought that right, part was so cool that you're able to plan. And how the heck did he know all this info? Right, and it just goes to show you that he has just as much investigating skills that Dexter has. Yeah. everything and that's something else that i really liked with that and then also and, too yeah. oh, uh no, the whole ahead. entire thing in dexter's apartment he wants yeah of course we know about the slides of course we know the fact that you know dexter keeps souvenirs and everything with yeah. the slides with the blood and everything and puts them on the slide he puts them in the ac unit but i also like the fact that when he opens up his freezer he sees pieces of barbie Mm -hmm. And then a couple of days later, Barbie is gone, and all there is is just the head. Yeah, of Barbie. Well, and how and also like Rudy knew about the 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 alcohol beers that he drinks, the type of steak he likes, like this the this this the myth, the uh, how similar Rudy is to Dexter. It was also just like how how right. yeah. Um, another thing, though, too, I liked his character. I love Rudy's character and everything. And that's another thing, though, too. They made us care about his character. Because yeah. it could actually be one-dimensional, and they didn't do that. I'm glad they didn't do a one-dimensional kind of character for Rudy. Mm -hmm. Because they could have actually gone sideways with that. 
But another thing, though, too, that we we need to actually bring up, though, is the fact that I like the back and forth game that Rudy's actually playing with Dexter because Dexter mm-hmm. put on Craigslist about Ken and then Rudy responds, don't worry, Barbie, hold on to your, don't lose your head. Yeah. Ken will find you. And that was the big reveal episode at the end of that one is as soon as he started dating Deb, he does, and then you find out he's Rick, he's the, he's the ice truck killer. Right, and that's something that I really enjoyed. My other question is this. Did you like any of the side things where they actually did some other stuff where, let's say, they were working some other cases aside from the ice truck killer stuff where Dokes is actually um, having to bring Deb home and show where he lives and also, too, to try and show that he's actually human instead of being a total douchebag asshole? But also, too, did you like any of that stuff? Or did you rather it just focus on Dexter and the ice trucks? Honestly, I mean, if it's a show about Dexter, I figured I want to see more Dexter. It's not a show about Dokes. If it was a show about Dokes, it'd be about him. But I don't want, <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of his. I find him annoying. He just, he, he just, he just speaks first and asks questions later, or shoot first, ask questions later. And it's just, right. he's just, like, I mean, that, that whole angle of him dealing with the guy, um, the guy's wife he's having sex with, um, and then just to get this, uh, this, um, honestly, I forgot the guy's name, because honestly, this, just, this, this went over my head, I'm like, I don't really care about dokes, and then, or that, I mean, I didn't really, I, I figured if it's a show about Dexter, I want to see more Dexter, not less... I get the fact what they're trying to do. They're trying to get us engaged yeah. in who Dokes actually is. But you didn't really need to actually have the other guys in the station yeah. doing all this stuff. You could have actually just focused on Dokes a little bit to where, yeah. okay, he slept with the guy, uh, somebody's wife in the station. And so it happens to be his DNA is inside of her. And that's and she it. Died. And, right. And that's all they could have done. You know, they didn't have to go in through all this other stuff. No, or him shooting the guy that, and then ends up being ends up being a Dokes' background that gets covered up that we're probably not going to know about any more than that. Is just like I'm like, you know, they're like, we didn't need to know this. It's not going to be important. It doesn't lead up to anything. It's just I think yeah. they were like, okay, we have to do something for filler. So what can we yeah. do? to fill this episode so it was one of those filler episode you know what let's put angel in there let's put dokes riding in the car together let's see dokes shoot somebody and then being investigated for shooting that person and how batista finally having that arc of him fessing up and doing what's right to only just get it brushed under the rug like nothing happened i mean I like that part though, to be honest with you. It just because I yeah. wanted more of Angel, because Angel's more of the yeah. downhearted person. He's not the perver- pervert. Yeah. He's not the asshole. He's not any of those. He's a down to earth mm-hmm. guy, and I liked they actually show that with us, and also too how honest he is. So that to me is just the level of layers that Angel actually has, and that's what yeah. they were showing us. So I was fine with that. 
it was just yeah. the whole dope side story Dexter, and then yeah. did you like the other stuff though where Dexter's actually saving somebody in the junkyard and stuff like that too or did you feel I like mean, that I think it was interesting the fact that it's kind of making Dexter like him go against this code and how that can make him mess up and how this almost right. it almost cost him in the end but luckily he he got he got it he, he everybody fought of him as like your savior we're not gonna write you out right and i love that i loved how they said i know who it is and then it's like a uh, the kid drew a picture of jesus christ yeah <laughs> and, 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 like, and okay, it's a sense of relief right and there's also another thing though too where he actually has to go in through the police records to remove his alias name so that way they didn't know that he was actually getting the needles to actually stick in other people's uh, neck or anything like that to take them down. So I like that. There's a lot of suspense with that, those scenes with Dexter. It's like, okay, is this guy going to get caught? And that's why we're invested because we were actually wondering through all seven seasons if this guy's going to be taken down. That's why we're invested. That's why we're motivated into Dexter. Yeah. And speaking yeah. of season seven for a minute, Brandy, want to know, have you all seen the first episode of season seven yet? And I know you binge watched all those seasons and everything. Um, like I said, it's years ago. Like, I mean, I don't remember much of season three until the ending. Like, I don't, I don't remember fully watching that. I watched the majority of season four, but never finished it. I know what right. happens. And then been a long time since i've seen season seven so i don't i don't fully remember uh same here as well i mean i don't remember the opening scene for season seven because it's been so long ago so that's why we're actually doing this so that we can actually go from uh from season one all the way through season seven so hold on to that though we we're actually going to cover that um but another I, i like the fact too that it even goes into dexter's first kill and yeah. everything with with Harry. Yeah. Whenever the nurse is poisoning Harry, his uh foster yeah. dad. And yeah. he winds up doing something about her. And she and, and matter of fact, he was not she wasn't the uh for he wasn't the first one that she was actually poisoning. It was other patients that she was actually poisoning. She had a history of that. Because he actually pulled out the photo album and, and everybody's oh, killed. Yeah, and she goes, oh, you're up. Okay. Um, <laughs> and he's just so chanchalant about it, you know? Yeah. He's like, oh, you're up. <laughs> <laughs> or, and, or it's like, like his, his first reaction to his first kill is like, yeah, I, I was a lot bloodier back then than I am now. <laughs> <laughs> I, was a, I was a rookie, but now I actually amped, amped it up to where I don't, to where I know what I'm doing. And then also, too, he also said, my first kill, he had blood all over him. He was sliding all over the saran wrap. He really didn't know what he was doing or anything like that, even though he had the help from Harry on how to hunt somebody down. He took him hunting as well, which also leads into uh, Deb being jealous of Dexter, being able to be with Harry all the time. And she didn't understand these father and son trips that they would actually take or anything like that. They thought it was bonding time, but it was just about normal time for Dexter. And then, you know, 
he even had to tell him how to fake it, how to fake a fake a smile, so that way he can fit in yeah. because it's all part of fitting in. Yeah, I also thought it was pretty cool. Like I said about like like kind of leading into the uh, the big reveal is like Dexter going through his photo album, seeing the photos of where these bodies are. That was interesting. That was that that was a really interesting thing because it gives us a clue in, into his life that we didn't see. Yeah. And that, mm-hmm. we, that we've been wanting to see. So it gives us a background on his life. Not only that, but also, too, I like the fact that he's trying to help this other kid that's like him who was raped. Yeah. And he's actually misconstrued about the kid because he judged him too harshly at that trial. Yeah. And he's going to go yeah. in and kill him. But he got close enough to the fact that he almost got eaten up by an alligator. Dexter did. Yeah. Yeah, and De- I know Dexter was scared of alligators. <laughs> <laughs> that I don't blame him. I don't blame him being yeah. scared of alligators. Um, but should we recap you know, the first like first half of the episodes and then start talking about the back end? <laughs> right. right. Like okay, so so essentially in the first six or so episodes, we get to meet Dexter. Dexter is a serial killer that works for Miami PD. It's uh, mainly focused in on him finding this new killer. They're calling him the ice truck killer. Deb becomes promote, starts from prostitute and vice to become a full-on detective to then leading up to uh, everybody blaming this one guy as being the, uh, being the killer. Dexter finds him at a church at the hospital where Harry's being at. They find him. He's at a hospital with amputees. You meet Rudy briefly. And I would probably say uh, Deb starts dating Rudy. I would say that's probably the yeah. good sum up, I guess, yeah. the first six. Yeah, that's the first six episodes. Then we get introduced into Rita's ex-husband coming in to the yeah, show. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of his. I'm not either. I hate him for, with a passion. <laughs> because like, and how... he was all tough in this show. <laughs> exactly. Like Dexter knocked him out in one blow. And that's, how you, that's how I knew how tough Dexter was. <laughs> Exactly. But I like um, the fact that... Oh, go on. Yeah, um, so I was about to say, and then Rita's ex-husband gets involved, we get to meet Rudy, and then then it all starts coming, everything starts clicking, and then, then, then the show picks up. Personally, the first six episodes were there, they're entertaining, but after the first six, things start hitting, picking up. It definitely has a fast pace after episode six, I will say that. Yeah. Because it goes more deeper into the investigation of the ice truck killer. It goes into the yeah. background of Dexter. It goes into the adoption of Dexter. It goes into Harry training Dexter, like I mentioned. It goes through yeah. all those emotions. And the Dexter even stuff, battling like, with his... Right. Dexter yeah, battling with bat- his own path. Mm-hmm. And then and we find out more about what happened to Dexter as a kid. About what happened in that, that fateful, that, that horrible night. And then you were well, it all picked up when he found out about his father, his biological father dying. And then them going to the house, Rita and Dexter going to the house. And then the sweet old lady across the street, she was, she was a lot wiser than a lot of people probably were thinking. Like, oh, you're just an old lady. We don't need to listen to you. But they should have listened to her. I mean, like I said, and then Rudy and Deb's appearance. And then Dexter trying to get the urn or information about what really happened to his father. 
and then Rudy suddenly being there to help him out. <laughs> and then them driving, Rita and Deb drive, like Dexter driving away while the other way is like, wait, that's the repairman. And the repairman was Rudy, yeah. Rudy. So into Rudy's the one that I killed his father. That. Yeah. I want to actually touch on that a little bit though, yeah. too, because I, that's actually some of my favorite scenes was in that old neighborhood with the father yeah. with the, in the father's house they're bonding they're drinking not only that but a led zeppelin song is actually being played which mm-hmm. i want to actually say this it was actually hard to actually get a led zeppelin song in a sh- tv show because mm-hmm. the sopranos was the first ones to actually get um led zeppelin to okay it so to actually have led zeppelin stamp of approval to actually have that that's actually pretty cool pretty but yeah and here's the thing. At first, you're thinking this old lady just has Alzheimer's and everything, just a busy yeah. body across the road and everything. And I wouldn't have listened to her, to be honest with you, because she's a stranger. Yeah. I don't know her. Yeah. I don't know her the way my father would know her kind of thing. And that's exactly how Dexter is actually doing that. And, you know, she goes, who's going to clean my uh, gutters? Are you going to clean my gutters? And he goes, no, ma'am, I'm not going to clean your gutters. <laughs> And we're only going to be here for a little while. And then, yeah. you know, he, she asked him some, he asked her some questions. And she goes, no, there was just a repair guy, a cable repair man that came. And yeah. like you said, they're pulling away. She's trying to flag down Rudy. And Dexter's in the other car, not even paying attention. He's having his own conversation yeah. with Rita. And Rudy is the evil guy. <laughs> And it's like he's like he's like a, a, a Dexter's version of Hitman Agent Forty Seven. He can blend in. <laughs> exactly, and then also too the uh, another thing though too I liked about Rudy was the fact that you know how we always see Dexter talking on the phone to Rita or somebody's killing somebody. Yeah. We actually see that play out with Deb and Rudy, and Rudy's yeah. about, he winds up telling De- uh, Deb that he's going to go to bed. And he loved her, loves her. And then he goes into the walking cooler about to kill somebody. Yeah. After he so, after he sends a message to Dexter. Right. <laughs> well, parts about yeah. Deb I didn't like is just like this her freak her freakouts at Dexter for like just like saying, Oh, I'm like, I'm like that kind of like like I mean I I I know it's warranted because it's her character, but I think that's I think there's a lot more of that. So it kind of le- makes Deb kind of weakens her uh, her character a little bit because she's like just having a like, freak out on Dexter but I'm like Dexter like the reason Dexter doesn't tell you is because he's he's a, he he doesn't want to remember it because it's brutal exactly he wants to keep that dark passenger to himself he doesn't trust yeah. a lot of people he'd rather he's he even said it before he'd rather be alone than to yeah. be with somebody or whatever but even Harry said it. He said, "People, normal people, don't feel that way. So you're gonna have to feel yeah. a certain way." Even that goes even back with the prom date that uh, Dexter had, yeah. and then also yeah. to the hayride, which is also another mm-hmm. par- uh, human part and everything that yeah. was found. Which I thought that was funny that Angel would actually bring an anniversary gift onto a murder scene, asking Dexter what he thought about that about the yeah. gift. Yes. What is that? A butterfly? No, it's a four-leaf clover. <laughs> so I really um, like that. I think the big shocking episode was probably the uh, the episode in the hotel room 
where Dexter oh, finds yeah. that one was a big pivotal moment because that uh, that's the first time you see Dexter like not normal. No, well, he's not a normal person in general, but like not himself. And that like, right. and that that scene is kind of brutal to see watch because <laughs> there's really so is. much blood. Yeah, there's a lot of blood. There's a matter of fact, it actually kind of looks like a nightmare on Elm Street kind of feel to it with all the blood all over the place. Shining. <laughs> yeah. And Dex is just freaking out because he was actually born in blood, basically, if you actually think about it, where he actually had his dark passenger moment. And yeah. he was actually taken away, with, covered in blood by Harry. Mm-hmm. So that freaked him out because of that. And he's having all these flashbacks. And that's when Doke said, oh, so it's about time something freaks you out. Yeah. I mean that's just Dokes being a being a being a dick, right? And insensitive, uh, what insensitive asshole, essentially. He was. Um, but that all that episode also kicked it, starting to Dexter look into his past, and once he started doing that, that's what made the final like three or four episodes really like tense driven, because you know he was trying to find out what really happened to his mom, who was his mom, was his dad really his dad. What's this ice truck killer got involved with him? All that kinds of stuff. And that, that, that's what I really liked is how they, and then, um, and then the little cues with, uh, when Batista got stabbed and then what really happened with that. Right. I, I definitely like that though. Um, yeah. Because, that, because here's the thing. Rudy knows that Angel's on top of him, basically yeah. investigating him. And he's getting closer and closer to actually revealing who he is. Yeah. And you see that little image where he's like, what do they, what do you know? Oh, nothing. I, we don't know who the guy is or anything. And then all of a sudden he just puts it, the blade back. So that's why Angel actually lived because he didn't have anything else to go on. So he figured he yeah. was actually safe. Yeah. Like, you know, he was also clumsy during this time though, too. This is actually when Angel does wind up hitting Rudy. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, yep. And this is actually where Rudy's actually clumsy for the first time rather than being clever. So, because people are able to pick up on it, like, oh, what happened to your lip? Oh, something happened at work. Like, Deb picked up on it. Dexter picked up on it. I mean, and then, and then he, uh, he, uh, Dexter was showing with Puerta the back of the shirt over his lip about showing how much of it. And Nick, uh, Batista did that kind of proves how tough. Batista was that he wasn't going out without a fight. Exactly. And I like the fight. I like that. Not only that, but even when Batista's picking up on girls at the club, he actually sees the entity that uh Rudy actually works worked on. And everything. And then he's, too. And he starts thinking with his head instead of his um instead of something else. Right. I like that. I liked how he actually focused in. He goes, and then he sees the girl walk away, the girl that he's actually hitting mm-hmm. on. He goes, okay, forget yeah. that. I'm I'm concentrating over here now. And he's putting all the pieces together. Yeah. And I'm gonna let you go and on. And then um and then in like I think episode ten, like um I think that's how what happened. Eleven and twelve is definitely the the big the the big reveal is when uh when he's like, Deb, don't go meet with Rudy. <laughs> And she goes to meet with Rudy because, oh, I, I haven't had a boyfriend. I need to have one. <laughs> right. And she's been having sex like crazy anyways. Like, 
you know, with yeah. Rudy over and over again. So I mean, and, like, really, she, yeah, she fought. She she fought more about sex than Deck compared to like Dexter's feelings. Right. Exactly. It's like I got my boyfriend now. You have your girlfriend. I have my life. Bye, Dex. See ya. Yeah. You know, but you know, another thing though, too, I liked was this. You know how I was talking about the camera angles. Yeah. And you know how Dexter was, had, was trying to do his own investigation before he winds up judging Rudy? And I liked yeah. whenever he goes to Rudy's home thinking that he can actually pick lock the uh, yeah. apartment door. And it's like an industrial mm-hmm. lock, which you cannot yeah. pick. No. And that's something that I really liked about that. But remember whenever we were talking about the part where Batista uh, winds up busting Rudy's lip. And then, of course, yeah. there's some gauze that's actually in that dumpster. And yeah. I liked how, okay, he can't get into the building, but we actually see the camera angles go from underneath that door and that lock-in, and we see mm-hmm. all the body, all the different body parts that's actually in that room. And then it zooms all the way out to where Dexter's digging inside the dumpster. It was like the like outside looking in. <laughs> right. So I really liked how they actually laid that groundwork. And then and it was very uh, the, successful. Yeah. And especially the very end of it, when you find out, when Deb finally finds out that Rudy is the ice truck killer, that big suspense of that, and then Dexter like fi- trying to find Deb. <laughs> like the, the yeah. music definitely added the intensity of that episode. And then also, too, the spinning camera angles as far as. Uh, Dexter freaking out, not knowing where his sister is and everything, and mm-hmm. then trying to get um dispatch to find out where Deborah is and everything too. And then at that moment, LaGretta is actually finding out information on her end as well for Rudy. Yeah. And then Which while also uh, yeah, while LaGuardia is also finding that she just lost her job after she thought it was happy, then she became that and then she lost her job. Right. Another thing that I want to actually catch on. Remember when Angel had to go on ahead and do like do the psychiatric place? Yeah. Find the fingerprints from Rudy's uh, fingerprints over to the psychiatric place. And remember the uh, the kid, the guy who was actually his roommate. Yeah. And he goes, she knows, she knows, she knows. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, I know what this is about. Deborah finds out that she knows about it's like a little foreshadowing that she knows oh, wow. about Rudy. Okay. That's what That's I put cool. together. Thanks. Nice. Uh, because it's something that I picked up on that I didn't pick up on the first go round. I'm like, oh, he's cool. actually yeah, that's what I was actually thinking. I was like, she knows. And then as soon as it cuts away from that, it goes back over to Rudy. And then Rudy actually winds up admitting to who he is. And then it comes back over to she kn- the repetitiveness of that character going, she knows, she knows. Mm-hmm. So that's what I was get- That's what I thought that was actually pretty cool. It's a little foreshadowing. Yeah. And then episode 12, of course, like when you start like that, when the pieces of that are about when they, uh, LaGuardia and Doak show up at Dexter's home and Dokes is looking around and he touches the, uh, he touches the, air- the ventilation system. Like, oh no, is Dokes going to find something now? <laughs> Right. And also, too, another thing that I actually want to mention is this, too. They actually meet up over at the cargo area where the shipyard is. And that's where, surprise, motherfucker, 
Yeah, <laughs> and that's where I, I wanted to see that fight. I think I think Dokes would have gotten beat by Dexter. Dexter would have kicked his ass. <laughs> well, even Dokes was surprised. Remember, like he, he said, yeah. Don't underestimate your opponent. I don't right. know. Um, but I figured, I mean, if you're Dokes and you're this hard ass, you should never under uh, underestimate your opponent. And that's what he did with Dexter. Well, I think Dokes has just been on Dexter's butt the whole time, especially because he didn't bother to like see uh, Batista, and he's just getting off on Dexter. Dexter's like, get your hand off me. Exactly. And not only that, but there's also something else, too. He, all he thinks of him is like as a lab geek, and that's it. Yeah. That's all that he thinks of Dexter as, as a lab nerd, yeah. and that's it. And also, uh, too, Dexter was also in the Army, though, too. Yeah. So I'm actually surprised. That's why you can see through all Dexter's BS. It's because of yeah. the fact that he was in the army. Yeah. But he should have also been taken back a little bit at knowing the fact that he can actually defend himself, though, too. Yeah. You know? Um, and then, but I really love yeah. that. Yeah, I, I thought the big, the big thing, too, is when Dexter found the house, and then you see the flashback of, uh, of Rudy's real name is Brian. Right, and and that's Brian, when you find out he has a. Brother. Yeah, I'm and gonna let like, you keep on going. Yeah, and I thought that was a whoa moment. Like, oh, at the first time I watched it, I'm like, oh wow, I didn't pick up that he had a brother, and then and then him like him like, him one Dex egg Dexter on, Deb's not your sister. Let's go kill her together. Right, and you can definitely tell that he's actually jealous, too. Because yeah. he ought to know Dexter, like physically know Dexter, while he was actually locked away in that mm-hmm. psych ward with yeah. nobody. And he's like, she's nobody. I'm blood. She's She doesn't know you like I know you. You don't have to hide mm-hmm. from, from me because I'm your brother. I'm just like you. Let's go on ahead, and we'll go on ahead and knock her out and everything, and we'll have some stakes later, pretty much. <laughs> but Another part that kind of... Yeah, another part that kind of made uh, the clumsiness of Rudy at the end is that he he let Dexter like dwindle so much so Deb can wake up and see Dexter trying to save Deb. That's right. That's, that's exactly right because he winds up knocking Dexter out with his own lethal injection. Yeah. Too, and and then, then right when Dexter's about to like Rudy's about to stab Deb, Dexter grabs it while her eyes light up like she knows what's going on. And of course, after that, Dokes getting, being the hard ass that he is, is blaming Dexter for this whole situation until Deb tells Dokes to shut up. Which I thought that was a cool, a great moment for Deb is just to finally put Dokes in his place because somebody needed to. I agree. And it wasn't LaGretta. You would actually think that LaGretta would have actually put um, Dokes in his place. But he she doesn't do but that until just, like the second season. No. And she's just kind of like, backing off a little bit like she's scared of him but not even though technically she took the she took his credit so i figured dokes would be more mad, mad at LaGuardia than dexter because LaGuardia got the the limelight of the big the biggest bus in miami history and he didn't get any credit for it right another thing though too that i think that the reason why she's threatened by deb is because she's just like LaGuardia in a sense because she's yeah. following this big, huge lead that could actually get her promoted 
to the point maybe yeah. they might actually put her in that spot and yeah. she's going to be gone. So that's why she's mm -hmm. probably threatened because she knows how good of a cop she is and everything. Yeah. So that's what I'm thinking is why she felt threatened. What I think, think? The, the, the big, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think because Deb, I mean, Deb has no problem going above her authorities, going above to like to, to do something, even though at first when her, when her when she first started her career as a detective but as the season progressed she decided not to she just leaned on her own hunches instead of going above her superiors because that's never a good way to go up the tandem pole right and also too another thing i want to mention is the fact that you know he dexter was up faking out brian slash rudy and yeah. everything too with uh, the fact that he thinks that uh, Deborah's actually in bed, but instead it was just a mannequin. And yeah. so Rudy Ryan just goes on ahead and stabs, and then next thing you know, it he's stabbing nothing. And then Dexter yeah. goes on ahead, goes with the um, goes in with the needle, and injection. he ties him up to his own little right, his own injection. And then of course he has that other thing that drains the uh, blood out of someone by tangling him upside yeah. down. Yeah, I thought that was like like every season there tends to be like a yeah moment you finally got him like you out tricked him like that when season one was that moment when he out tricked Rudy because Rudy was like he's so good at his work that he didn't recognize what is real and what's not real and that that was what right. that was what Rudy's downfall is. I agree, but he also knows too much of Dexter to yeah. the point where Dexter had to do something out of the playbook out of left field. To where yeah. he wouldn't do like, you know what I'm saying? To where yeah. he had to actually think of something differently, which is something I really yeah, like, appreciate like, that they actually did. Like like kind of like that little like that little moment where he realized like, are you like Mr. Uh, Mr. Morgan, your sister's fine. She can take her home if you want to. That sudden pause and then it shows to the back at the house and you see what looked like Deb, because that's practically how she sleeps. It's like flat out like the spread eagle like on that and then and then everybody thinking that was really Deb, but it was just a mannequin. <laughs> I thought that was really clever. It was. And also, too, he's always obsessed with mannequins and everything else. So to have that played back. <laughs> yeah. Everything was great. And also, I want to point this out. The different fingernail polish thing was also an yeah. homage to, homage to uh, Dexter's mother, too. That's oh, why yeah, yeah, that's right. Set. Yeah. Um, and I thought, like they said, I think that was probably one of Dexter's hardest kills he had to do that season was killing his own brother. Because you see this, the uh, the hesitation of him of trying to kill his brother, and him like this putting his head on like his hand on his head, like you just realize what have I done? Exactly. And also too, like whenever he winds up throwing uh, Rudy over. Well, he doesn't even throw him. That's right. He doesn't even throw him overboard or anything like that. He just leaves him there. No, for the cop right. Yeah. And so, you know, he actually showed mercy on him compared to the other killers because that's his brother. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it was just an average Joe that he was just going to go after. He was they would he would actually chop them up into body parts and throw them over. Um, yeah. Another thing that we didn't touch on was the fact that Dexter does wind up knocking. Um, the ex-husband of Rita. Yeah. Yep. He knocked Paul out with a frying pan because he got tired of Paul. I would have knocked him out. Drags yeah, him I would have. 
and drags him out of the kitchen, puts him in his own mm-hmm. trunk, and then takes him over to a cheap hotel with a needle stuck in his arm to make it look like that he's high on yeah. heroin. What when then what Dexter, I think what he wasn't thinking at the time that showed up at the end of the episode was that shoe. Mm-hmm. The miss the shoe that fell off his foot that Paul kept saying, I'm not a druggie. I was tricked. Um, and it's like and it's just like everybody's feeling now trying people are trying to feel sympathetic for Paul, but I'm like, why? Exactly. And you know, and Rita's even going through the emotions of like, why would he do this? What's going on? But she puts that aside. She's like, Okay, my husband's in jail. I'm with Dexter. How's your sister doing, by the way? <laughs> because Dexter yeah. has coffee. And she's embracing yeah. him, asking how Deb is doing. And yeah. that's pretty much how the whole season actually ends with that. And then suddenly Doke's staring at Dexter, following Dexter the whole time, pointing his eyes at him like, I'm watching you. And that's what sets up the next season's uh, little uh, cat and mouse chase between Dokes and Dexter and who will win. <laughs> and I really like that. I really like the cat and mouse game that they're doing for season two. Because yeah. that's what sold me I mean, in that's season really two. A highlight of season two. <laughs> right. And of course, Dex also has to pretend that he's actually normal so that way he can actually yeah. uh, fool uh, Dokes. But I'm not going to steal our own thunder on that part. No. Um, the Halloween we'll episode, right. The Halloween episode, though, that I liked too was remember when the, the woman is, has this annoying dog that would not stop barking? Oh, yeah. And he goes, and he goes, look, can you do something with the dog? Can you put him inside? He's an outside dog. Well, you put him inside, he's an inside dog. I like I like that little line that he actually did. The banner, yeah. The other thing, then too, I'm was cool. interesting was some of the celebs that showed up in the season. I know the the guy that played the, uh, the psychiatrist, that was interesting to see him play that. You see, I didn't know that. Um, I think oh, it was yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Um, I think Tony Goldman or whatever his name is. Yeah, I think yeah, he's yeah, been yeah, in. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And then you had the actor. Yeah. Then you also had the actor who played Sir Malot in HBO's, uh, you know, the one with Sookie Stackhouse, True Blood. Oh, True Blood. Yeah. He played a, uh, a killer and everything where Dexter was actually pretending that he was just a tourist on vacation and everything. And that's whenever he takes down Sam. And that's what I'm calling him. I'm just calling him Sam because that's what I know him from is from True Blood. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, a lot of good cameos in this uh, season. The psychiatry part was really good for, uh, that was one of my favorite things that for Dexter and everything yeah. too. That's another thing that I liked. So um, is there anything So I can go, I, I can find some uh, behind the scenes information. I think we're at that point, like we just summed up what happened. Um, Dexter got the killer and then he at the end it was I thought the end was weird though his thoughts showing him like everybody being celebrating towards him and then with that I thought that part was a little weird and like didn't really need to be a part of it I guess but then again that just shows you how how crazy Dexter's mind is rolling right now right and his mind is just going he's like oh way to go dex way to kill that person way to get that douchebag off the street dex yeah. good job good kill and i just thought it was funny because yeah. i like dark humor so for me mm-hmm. singing it in his perspective was actually pretty funny he's like batman but a serial killer version of batman so yeah and <laughs> I well i mean him. he's not rich too so um 
But if I had to give it a rating, I'd give it a B. Um, if you take away some of the side the side filler, I think you get can get up to an A. But I think it just uh, right now it's a solid B. It's a good start for a first season. Um, the pilot had me hooked. Um, and then and then it's just, like I said, the side filler parts of it were just yeah. But as soon as uh, as soon as Rudy got into the picture and you got to know him more, that's when the show picked up. I can agree with you on that as well. It was definitely a B plus for me as well, if you actually rate it that way, because I didn't really care for some of the side stuff or anything like that. I want to be solemnly just connected with the ice truck killer, but I understand too that they're trying to make it into like a detective kind of show where there's other cases going on aside from that. So I actually respect them to actually make it a lot more of the reality aspect of it, but Mm -hmm. was it actually needed? It's a real question. You know, so like, like, so before this, like for the show, there's been, there's actually a lot of fat, like behind the scenes stuff. I figured you guys should all know about, like, for instance, one, um, Jeremy Renner was in talks to play Dexter. It was, uh, I mean, yeah. he, he said he didn't want to do it because he just played De- Jeffrey Dahmer and, and he didn't want to be typecast as a serial killer. According to this article, let me see. Um, yeah, they said Renner was offered the role of Dexter, but he turned it down. He had just played the serial in a film and told them, "I can't do any other serial killer movies or TV shows." And then um, another thing is about the uh, the 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 the, uh, the material Dexter used to wrap up his victims. They had to change the way the victims were strapped to the table because the actors were suffocating in the plastic wrap. It may not matter if their characters can breathe, but in real life, they have to be able to. <laughs> Right. <laughs> um, I mean, it makes sense. Thing, yeah, it does. It really does make sense because you don't want to wrap them up too tight to the point where they can't breathe or anything like that and be uncomfortable. And so it has to that. be right. Um, but yeah, I actually remember Howard Stern interviewing Jeremy Renner. This is yeah. like maybe three years ago. I listened to that interview, mm-hmm. that interview with him. And this is actually after Dexter ended and all that stuff. And he goes, what did I hear that you were going to be Dexter? He said, yeah, I was. I was actually Dahmer. I didn't want to be recognized as a serial killer. And then my apartment also got broke into um, a couple of months later. And people were trying to steal stuff from me. So that's another thing that happened to him. So. Um, some other behind the scenes is that the, the actor David Zayas, he plays Angel Batista on the show. He used to be a cop before the show. Hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know but, that either until so I just found out the uh, found out that information. Yeah, he's an ex-cop. He was, he joined the Air Force at 19 years old, and he was a police officer with New York Police Department for 15 years before becoming an actor. That's awesome because that also explains why he actually brought his A game to being a cop yeah. on the show. So yeah. it it goes hand in hand. I really like that. I respect him for that. Um, the, the chemistry between Deb and Dexter is really good because in real life they were married or either they were married or engaged to be married. Jeff, Jennifer Carpenter and Michael C. Hall were, were married. Yeah. I remember, I think they were actually engaged. I don't think they actually yeah, I think fully. Engaged. Yeah. They were actually engaged and everything. Cause I remember that. And um, then the other one is the, the actress that plays Rita. Um, Julie, uh, Julie Benz. She was supposed. She first auditioned to play Deb before Rita. 
I wonder how that would have actually turned out. I don't think that it would have been as good as what we got. To be honest with you. No. Um, I don't definitely not as many f bombs though. <laughs> no. Um, a funny one is well, kind of funny is this is a call crash and burns like during the film and Michael C. Hall accidentally crashed a Dexter speedboat, the slice of life, into a pier. He caused eight thousand dollars, eight thousand dollars worth of damage, but was not asked to pay for the damages because, well, he is Dexter of the show Dexter. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. That's actually um, pretty funny. That is. Um, they and while most TV shows allow actors to go off script and improvise, the showrunners for Dexter said no way. The actors were required to stick to the scripts, and if they wanted to change or add any dialogue, it had to be approved by the show's creator, James Manos Jr. I felt like um, that. This is, yeah, this is another one we can get to after, like, tor- like uh, towards the back end of the seasons. It shows you how many people Dexter's actually killed. Okay. Um, the interesting things about the uh, like again this again we can do this towards the end but anyway the liquid blood that they would use it was a mixture of ma- made of maple syrup food coloring peppermint oil and dawn dish soap the peppermint <laughs> oil is used to keep the bugs away from it and the dawn dish soap was used to help the bl- like help the blood wash out of clothes that the and the sets that it comes into contact with and another one about blood is the big um, the big pools of blood that you see on screen are made of thin pieces of aceit. This was a clear, like cleaner way to fill the scenes with blood, and it was also reusable. Okay. And then the and then another cool one is all the knives and chainsaws and tools that you see in the kill room are real. The blades were dulled down, but they can still kill. <laughs> That's crazy. That that's actually yeah. pretty cool that they actually wanted it to be as real as possible. So I really actually appreciate them for doing that. Yeah, uh, this is kind of a kind of a creepy one, but in preparation to play Dexter, Michael C. Hall stalked real New Yorkers. <laughs> wow. Yeah. While he never went full went out as far as out as the morbid desires of his best known role, D- Michael C. Hall did go to questionable lengths to get into character. On the George Stapanopoulos Tonight in 2013, he recalled after getting the part of Dexter when he had some time to kill, he would randomly choose someone in New York and follow them wherever they went. He assured the audience that he had no intention further than seeing how well he could pull it off without getting caught, which proved, uh, which proved successfully successful and led to one of the most striking portrayals in TV history. Wow. I had no clue that he, he went that far. I could just see. No, I didn't. Either. I could see someone tapping on his window. What are you doing? I'm I'm doing yeah. a TV show. I'm trying to get prepared, but you don't see me. Go back over into your house. You don't see me. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um. And then, uh, composer Daniel Litch, um, uh, re reused his own '90s horror music movie score for Dexter. Um. He used um, the main composer for Dexter. Previously, wrote the music for many scary movies, including a 1993 H.P. Lovecraft-inspired anthology film *Necronomicon: Book of the Dead*, which features one showing piece entitled *Because the Dawn*. That particular score may sound especially familiar for Dexter's fans because he um, he used it as the famous blood theme for the series. Hmm, that's interesting. Mm. Okay, and we were talking about like Deb cussing. Corner of this, um, 
Jennifer Carpenter dropped 996 F-bombs throughout Dexter's run. Damn. That's more than Tony Montana from Scarface, if you actually think about it. Probably more than the entire movie of The Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> That's true, even though Martin Scorsese still holds up that title for the most F-bombs in that movie, but Deb holds yeah. up the most F-bombs in a TV show. And like a whole series. In one movie, right. I mean that's 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 pretty that's pretty um, colorful. Let's say that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think that's gonna wrap everything up. Unless you have some more stuff that you wanted to actually add to it. No, I can't think of anything. We think we nailed on everything else. I mean, um, if you guys have any other questions or anything like that about Dexter, um, let us know. It, it, either in the comments section or under these posts or anything like that, or let us know for next week's episode, which we're going to be focusing on season two. So I do want to warn everybody, get ready, everybody. This is the, the next season is going to be, let's just say won't be as positive as this one. We're just going to say that. I agree. I cannot wait to actually talk. I think it's going to be great to actually talk. You know, I think it's going to be yeah. a great after show. I'm looking forward to it and everything. I think this is going to be fantastic. I'm excited to do this. I'm actually glad that we actually thought about doing this and collaborating yes. on this. This has been great. Um, another thing too, guys, is tomorrow, I don't know if this is actually going to be a YouTube live uh, review or not or anything like that, but we're actually, I actually have Tamika, my friend Rick, and we're going to be doing a Die Hard review from Bruce Willis for a Christmas movie. So stay tuned for that. I also have, we're actually, Charlie and I will be back on Sunday at eight o'clock central time on a YouTube live uh, stream. And we are actually going to be doing a, um, a little bit of news, uh, movie news and everything that dropped on front on Thursday night. And that is the, all the Disney plus information that you want to know, us uh, speculating, getting geeky over everything, things like that. We're going to be talking about that on Sunday. I would have done it last night, but I I already had other stuff scheduled before that. So I had no idea that Disney was just going to go on ahead and just slap us with with that. So I'm actually excited to actually talk about stuff that's dropping on Disney+. Plus. A long one. Yes. A long episode. Disney we got a lot of info to go through. It was a huge dump yesterday. Like After we found out one thing, another thing dropped. It was Disney's investor meeting yesterday. And all the information that come from one investor meeting, that's pretty shocking. That is pretty shocking. I'm going to be, I'm, I'll be straight up with you. Because I thought, okay, is there some type of event that I didn't know about? Was it D23? What's up with this? And then all of a sudden, you just told me tonight, it was just an investor meeting. I'm like, that's an investor meeting? It seems like someone took yeah. a big, huge X-Lax and just dumped it all over the internet. So I'm actually glad that we're actually doing that, getting that kind of information and that we're actually going to be doing that on Sunday. You guys can actually catch us over there. Not only that, guys, but if you're also liking audio-only podcasts, you can actually uh, listen to us at wherever you get your, uh, your uh, podcast and everything as well. We also have – we are also being sponsored by Audible as well. So if you want to get a 30-day trial from us, go on ahead, click the links below, and go on ahead and subscribe to Audible. We also have a movie um, website called www.movieloversunite.com for all your entertainment needs. And of course, guys, if you want to actually donate towards the show, there's actually a GoFundMe page that you can actually find at the links below. Don't forget to also like, give us a thumbs up, smash that share button, and always until next time.
Bye-bye.